The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1-909. 741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Welcome to the Influencer's Edge. This is the place where you come to get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques to leapfrog over the pack in sales, persuasion, and influence. Be sure you visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now sit back, tune in, and enjoy today's episode. Get into it. All right. We're in for a big treat on today's episode of The Influencers Edge. I invited, I personally tracked down our guest today. Not my producer, Tracy. I found him because I had the good fortune of attending a three-day virtual seminar he did on using chat GPT for your business. It was, we use curse words here. It was fucking batshit crazy monkey brain (laughs) nuts. So Dylan Watkins is our guest. Dylan is the founder of Reality Smash. How'd you come up with that name, Dylan? Well... What I did is I had another name previously before that because in the virtual reality space and it was called uh, Monster VR uh, for fun. Uh, and then Monster Energy Drink I heard was going to go sue us. And so I had to come up with a new and clever name because Monster likes to sue everybody. They have a whole floor, uh, like I believe the seventh floor of the entire building filled with lawyers. I believe lawyers own that Monster VR company, no joke. And so what I did is I just brainstormed a bunch of things with my team members and kind of came up with like, what are things that we want to use in this high tech space? And it really came up to the idea of basically breaking through this reality and building a better one, smashing this reality and building another one, something that was visceral, something that was impactful and, and something that really was memorable. So virtual reality, Hulk smash, you're going to combine those two together. I, I love it. And we're going to get into some ways to smash your business reality because what mm-hmm. you and what chat GPT can do is insane, but let's get a little bit more of your biography. And then we're going to jump in reality. Sure. Smash is a purpose-driven transformational development studio. You're also an ent- artificial intelligence creator, wowie wow wow, mm-hmm. virtual reality coach and digital community builder. And his purpose is to build transformational applications and teach those that want to do the same. Dylan, I'm so thrilled to have you on my show. This, this whole chat GPT thing is just remarkable. So let me ask you, first and foremost, for those of us uh, who are, I'm not technologically challenged, I'm fairly up to date, but Mm -hmm. what is chat GPT? And more importantly, how can you apply it to different frames in your business? Go into what chat GPT is, and then I want to move on to how we apply it in different frames in our business. Because when you taught this, I believe is module two, or module, sure. yeah, that hooked me in so much. I actually yeah. went through all my different frames and started using Chat GPT. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
So yeah, at a, at a high level, um, what ChatGPT is, is a chat bot that you can chat with that has almost general intelligence. It's, it's almost hoovered up the entire internet of data. And now you can have a chat box that you chat with it, conversational conversation, and it responds with artificial intelligence prompts. It's, lar it's known as what's called a LLM or a large language model. Large language model just, just means that it seems like magic, but if you think of it as a really advanced predictive text, it's just predicting the text you want to hear. But instead of it predicting one or two or three words out, sometimes when you type into Google uh, Gmail, you type in a sentence and it tries to autofill that sentence. Yes. Well, instead of autofilling sentences, it can autofill paragraphs or even books worth of data because it's been trained on the world data. And because of that, there's a lot of magic that seemingly comes from it. And to apply that, so how do we apply that in terms of business? One of my beliefs is that the more the more frames you understand in your business. Hold on one second. Folks, ignore the car alarm. Nothing we can do about it. Keep going. I don't hear anything on my end, but it's all good. That's fine. So what it is is this is my personal belief is this. Your business is your own personal journey, your own hero's journey to go on, to search for your own holy grail, to be of service to your community, to be able to provide for them. And along the way, there's going to be trials. In order to get from one part of the journey to the next, you're going to need a frame. You're going to need a sequence of steps to get you from point A to point B to point C across the journey of your business. And each one of those frames, depending on where you're at in your business, if we look at it at a high level, right, in order to be of service to your business, you need to know who you are. You need to know who you serve, who's your ideal avatar. You need to know how to capture their leads, their information to start the conversations. You need to know lead nurturing sequences. You need to know how to convert those lead nurturing sequences into sales, right? A sales conversion incident. Then you need to know how to fulfill that customer. And then ideally turn them into raving fans at the end. Each one of those steps that I've mentioned, there are frames, there are sequences of steps that will be given from point A to point B. And in the AI term, in the AI world, it's what's known as knowledge distillation. Knowledge distillation is, you know how you've seen Karate Kid, Mr. Miyagi tells you to paint the fence, paint the fence up, paint the fence down. Well, the Karate Kid doesn't actually know what he's doing. He thinks he's just painting a fence. He thinks he's just washing a car. But what that is, is a framework for self-defense that Mr. Miyagi was teaching him. He didn't need to have him know what or why or how any of that's all he didn't need to know were the steps to wash the to wash the, the car or paint the fence. And those frames, those sequences of actions and behaviors, if you take them into business, let's talk about lead nurturing. And if if any of your audience knows or familiar with Russell Bronson's soap opera sequence, Russell Bronson's five email soap opera sequence for lead nurturing, it's a series of emails you send out to have an audience get to know, like, and trust you. Well, that's a framework. It's a series of steps to go from lead to someone who would be willing to buy or call to action to take a step. Then you put in that framework, that sequence of behavior inside of chat GPT. And instead of it just predicting one or two or three sentences, it will predict three, four or five emails according to that framework of that behavior. Yeah. And it's absolutely crazy because uh, I have a business partner. He and I are going to be testing out an idea to see if it's a viable business. And it used to be prior to chat GPT, it could take you six, 90 days, six months 
to see if you've got a viable business. Now, ChatGPT will actually generate the steps. The what are the steps? Then for each step, it'll fill in what you have to do, how to test it. It's crazy. I came up, for example, in my other business where I teach men how to pick up women. People know this. It's an open secret. I mm-hmm. I want to do a joint venture with someone who teaches the who has a list of 30,000 divorced men. And I asked ChatGPT, how do I come up with a sequence to sell this product? What are the steps? It not only came up with the steps, Dylan, for each step, I asked it to generate three examples. And then for those examples, I said, now turn it into a 250-word blog post. Then I said, now add some humor to it. And, mm-hmm. and it can you continue to refine the voice. Is this is the basic idea, correct? Yeah. One way to think about it is this: is <clears throat> I talked a little bit about this inside the the three day event I was leading, but people are afraid. Well, jobs. Will I get replaced by AI? You're not going to get replaced by AI, but you're going to get replaced by someone else that is using AI, an entrepreneur, or someone else that's savvy. What the AI is going to be, it's going to be your AI intern. Now, the thing with being an AI intern is that you need to be able to train it. You need to be able to give it feedback. You need to be able to iterate with it. If you think about what are the qualities of good bosses, basically your job to be a good boss. And so you give it one shot across the bow. Hey, AI intern, I just hired you as a copywriter. I want you to write copy for divorce uh, to um, how to get back into the relationship business um, after you got out of a divorce. Great. You're going you're gonna to give it one shot. The more data you feed it in the beginning, the better that output's going to be. But then as a good boss, you get that data back and you go, oh, I see what you did, but I want you to add more humor. Oh, I see what you did. I want that. And then once you start to dial that thing in, you could then reverse that out and go, great. This, I like your language. Could you please create a prompt for me based upon this writing style on how you're writing right now so I can have you get back into the state next time? Right. So part of the thing is understanding that behavior. Right. And then being meta aware to where you can pull that out and go, great snapshot, hold this frame. I want to return to this later. Make sense. It actually. So the uh, 4.0, which is what I'm currently working with, has memory. It will remember the conversation three. I don't think 3.5 did, but 4.0 does. They both do. But the thing is, four has a much longer retention. It has humans and AI. Right. We have both short term and long term memory. And so uh, the long term memory for humans is everything that we've remembered. You know, it goes into our own long term storage database. It's been trained. uh, Chat 3.5 was trained on anything up to the year of I want to say it was March of 2020, I think. And then 4.0 was the long term memory is anything of 2021 up to September. Short term memory, there's a context window. I can't remember how how long the, the, the short term memory is. But uh, 4.0 is much longer, and so it can hold a lot more data. So instead of you forgetting after, say, one minute of a conversation, it's going to forget after one hour of a conversation. So it will forget over time, uh, but that time is a lot more extended out, so you can get a lot more out of it, and you don't need to what's known as re-prompt it, where you need to re-summarize the data and shove it back into the system as frequently. One of the things that really struck me, a distinction you made very, very early on, is the, is the difference between being the thinker in your business and the doer in your business and how chat GPT changes that equation around. Can you unpack that for us? Yeah. So sometimes as well, I'm going to speak to entrepreneurs. I don't know who your crowd or audience is, but I'm going to just say for entrepreneurs is that sometimes in your business, there's the feeling of being um, 
effective and there's a feel of being efficient. You feel like you're being productive. So there's sometimes you do a bunch of things throughout the entire day, but you don't really move the business forward. Although maybe one time you can, in the business, you go, you know what? I'm going to completely change my business, right? And that one step could have a dramatic impact on your business. Back in the day, decades ago, I used to own a, a gourmet food truck business and it was, it was failing, right? I had, I, I, start, I had no idea what I was doing. I, I jumped in the business with no ideas, didn't know how to light the pilots. And I took off, I took off out the gate and um, we were really, really struggling. Um, $80,000 in debt, a lot of drama, all that fun stuff. And then one day I had, I had a moment where I realized, I was like, you know what? This isn't working. My brand's not working for various reasons. And that one day I made one decision. I, I basically bought $75 worth of stickers and 12 cans of black spray paint. And I spray painted over my truck and I rebranded it that one day. And it took about an hour, right? I went from the OC food truck to Burger Monster. Right? And that <laughs> one move, That's genius. <laughs> super, super simple. We went from one of the least busiest to one of the most busiest trucks. Now, did I do a whole bunch of other things that day? Did I answer all of my emails? Did I respond to everything? Did I do everything I need to do? Or did I pause? Or did I recognize by listening to my customers and recognize that there was a gap between who I was trying to be and what they wanted? And that one decision is the thinking the doing was an was a very small activity. So the same is true for AI. And in business, we often try to get so much done. We try to hustle our way to the top, which there is a good thing about grinding and effort and things like that. But what's more important is to figure out where in your business can you get leverage? And this leverage is if you can think of the right solutions and execute them by either hiring or, or outsourcing other things, you can get massive things done. So it's more important to pause and look at your business and go, which one where am I at in the phase of my business? Am I in creating my message or lead generation, lead nurturing or whatever? Where do I have my hiccup? And then think about what needs to get done. And once you figure out what that is, you can then have AI do the doing, right? The AI to create the email sequence, the AI to build the landing page, the AI to rebrand, the AI to fulfill your customer needs. If you think about that, and then you work with ChatGPT to get it done, you are going to be much better at recognizing patterns and gaps in your own company and your own behavior and what you need to get done and then have it doing. You wouldn't want to give the keys to your kingdom to some AI intern or any intern off the beaten path as soon as you hire them. It's, it's your job to elevate and be promoted to the thinking job and to have AI do the doing. Make sense? This is a whole, this, you know what this was, because this is a whole paradigm shift and it, entrepreneurs and business owners are doing both. They're thinking and doing, and they're getting exhausted, chasing their own tail rather than looking for leverage. Yeah. This reminds me, I, I'm, I'm a little more long in the tooth than you are more, a little more seasoned. I've seen more revolutions around the sun. <laughs> I remember when the internet, I, I was marketing back in the nineties, like 19, actually 1988, 1989, where people were still communicating through snail mail newsletter and i remember the discussion was going on between some giants you know who dan kennedy is the, yes legend yeah. dan and some other people were talking about this new internet should we be marketing on the internet and the discussion was going back and forth it i advise caution it could just be a fad uh and someone else said yeah it could be just another thing that's coming down the pike no one no one was able to foresee it and I want your feedback. To me, this seems like the equivalent of the dawning of the internet. Do you think it's that significant? Um, it's as big, if not bigger. 
Yeah, uh, Bill Gates was talking about this. I mean, he says this is as big as the internet, if not bigger, because <clears throat> there's a paradigm shift, right? The paradigm shift is we are moving away in a bunch of different ways, um, but we are moving away from this search model, right? So Yahoo originally was really clustered and they had those confusing things. Um, and then Google came out and did a paradigm shift. So now we have a search engine that allows you to easily find everything on the internet. We're no longer looking for searching, we're looking for answers, right? We don't wanna rifle through. The, the thing that's going on right now is, I'm gonna tell you this, this is one of my beliefs, is in the next mm, six to 12 months, 80% of people aren't going to be searching anymore, they're gonna be answering, right? They're not gonna be searching for things, they're gonna be chat GPT for answers because it's just a lot less time and energy to, to get the results that you're looking through without the fluff. Now, what happens creates new problems and new possibilities for the entrepreneur. The problem is this, is that all your SEO is dead, right? All the things that you've done and all your all the blog searchings and all those things like that, unless you find ways to optimize for chat GPT and these new AI models, which there's, there's ways to do that, right? Unless you find ways to optimize with that, that all these old tricky tricks, if you think about it, SEO is really about search engine optimization right. how do i trick the ai engine on google to serve me up at the top of the front of the page right well that's going away right all of that's going away now uh, you're going to switch from that to this new way where ai is going to be the way it's going to feed you data i have a an example uh you were talking about that um the three-day event i did well at the end of the three-day event um you know, I had a had an offer that I was doing, but essentially there was a girl named Angela. Angela was in her car in New Zealand, and Angela said, "Hey, Google, or hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, Google, play me a Chat GPT podcast." And my podcast came on. She listened to my podcast. She heard my offer. She then went to my website, used my Chat GPT tools inside of there, then signed up for the event, and then now she's a part of my my AI powered mastermind. All of that was no Google. There's no Google searching. There was no nothing, right? Mm -hmm. That was AI to AI to AI to the AI mastermind I run. That right there is the new interface for the internet. You used to be Googling that. The new interface is going to be chat GPT or whatever AI answering it's going to be called. But this is this is the paradigm shift we're all we're all facing and experiencing right now. Now, Google's whole business model is about to go. They're going to I know my friend who is going to do business with me on this project. He understands this stuff. I'm just a marketer who only wants to know sufficient amounts where I can use it. He understands sure. the, inner, the inner stuff. He said that Google issued a code red that they are freaking panicking. Yeah, what I believe, and I, I think the numbers have changed out a little bit, but when initially this first came out, I believe they, they dropped like 150 billion in mark gap or something like that. Some huge astronomical number because wow. everyone's just like, they, I would think it was, as soon as Bard came out and then they tried a demo Bard and Bard sucked a bag and it didn't actually work and they couldn't even find the phone and it, it was it was awful. So, yeah, they, the thing is, 80 percent of their revenue model is all based around Google ad searching. So what happens if you don't search for Google ads? And then what happened was Microsoft hoovered them up. Right. Microsoft hoovered up uh, their system. And I believe uh, it's something like 100 percent of the money goes to the investors initially. Uh, and then 80% of the revenue goes to uh, Microsoft when of the however much they invested after that. And then after that, they're basically ChatGPT and OpenAI gets 100% of their profits, right? So essentially Microsoft spent 
was it $10 billion so that they could own this AI, not so that they could make all this money on the back half of open AI forever. They're basically gonna, once they, once they get their money back, they're, it's pretty much stopping with them. They're taking all of that and they're gonna be dumping it into their tech as a, as a revolution to all of, their, all of their technologies because they understand how, how big this is. You know, Bill Gates recognized him was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna fire 10,000 employees and I'm gonna invest 10 billion into AI. And that should be a, you know, a canary in the coal mine, yeah. That's pretty yeah. ruthless, but that's why he's one of the richest dudes in the world. Yeah, man. It's but it's with everybody, man. It's it's painful because he seemed like a you know why would you fire ten thousand people? But if you if you had a company right or you have a company and you had and you on your team you have three copywriters that you're hiring right and you have these copywriters writing for you and then you're like, well, I could have them or I could just chat GPT. Why would you keep them on now if they had new skills? If they could do new abilities, like I know, like I have a, uh, on my team, I have, a, I have a number of developers and they're all now using AI as part of their thing because now it enhances it because then compared to someone that doesn't use it, it there's just no comparison, right? So it's just like, it, it seems ruthless, but I think anybody in the same position, they're going to choose what is the, what's the healthiest thing for the company. Dylan, I was having a debate with someone about this on, which you should never debate on Facebook. There's no point uh, with it. But this person was saying, I'll never use this in my business. I am the heart and the soul of my business and no AI can ever replace me. And it's not going to touch people's lives the way a genuine. And, and I said, that's not what it's about. But I also said, I'll end this debate. We went back and forth. Three or four, I'll end this debate with a riddle, with a joke. What did one blacksmith say to the other when they saw a Model T Ford driving by? You'll never get me into one of those useless contraptions. A hundred percent, man. That's the sign of times. And we all move forward, right? The whole evolution, all of mankind, we just go forward. That's what we do. And like or not, that's what's happening. Now, you don't have to be a part of this. You can go off into the woods and, and you know, build yourself a wooden cabin. You don't need internet. You don't need a cell phone. You don't need AI. You don't need any of this stuff. None of that is really crucial to live. It makes life a whole lot easier. Um, and it's like the, one of my other beliefs is this, is, is the, your success as a business is determined upon your speed of your own personal and professional evolution right so you have a rate of personal evolution right some people they see something shiny and they're like they they immediately jump into it maybe they burn themselves along the way right there's got to be that first monkey that gets shot into space uh, and then there's other people that won't even won't even use it right until you know way 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 down the line right early adopters late adopters right but if you are willing to adopt the technologies at the right time integrate them into your business six months of a head start with AI technologies is like 20 years of a head start it's with humongous. having the internet. It's yeah. humongous. I, I was discussing this with my partner and I said, look, I don't want to give up this lucrative one-on-one -on -one coaching I do with people. I saw all these courses on my website. Why would I create an AI model that people basically subscribe to a virtual me? Our whole plan is I can reveal it. I don't give a damn. We're going to create a virtual version of my dating coach uh, persona and then have the AI trained so that it gives answers and they, I don't even ever have to be there. It's, it's a couple of years down the line. And his answer to me is, look, 
in your space, if you don't do this, you're thinking too short term. Two years down the line, you won't be getting that kind of business because everyone will be doing this kind of thing. And it really made me pause, uh, pause and think that mm -hmm. that's you can either bury your head in the sand or you can build a castle and stand on top of it and watch your competition sink into the ocean. That's it, because people at the end of the day is like, look at Google, right? Bing was the laughing stock, right? Nobody binged. It was a joke. It was an undercut, right? It was the kid with the bowl haircut and the flood pants, right? Nobody binged. Google was the one. What happened? Overnight, Bing came up with something that was so much better that the entire now for a moment it was better than they got a little scared and they went back but for a moment they completely shifted where being became the new sexy there is no brand loyalty to an inferior product if you stop serving the customer being stopped there is no brand loyalty folks to an inferior product that's a bro that's worth the whole episode by itself yeah. and that's amazing it's true it's 100 true as as soon as your customers find a better, cheaper, easier option, they're going to go that way because it's it serves them and it serves the people that they serve. Right? It's like you're not going to pay ten times more for something if you if, if if it's an inferior product. You know, maybe if you're dying of thirst in the desert and you need it, and it's the only option. And that's one of the things that there's this giant petition that's gone out. The giant petition that's gone out right now is a bunch of tech people saying, hey, can you stop developing AI for six months? A whole bunch of people signed it. I don't know if you're aware of it, but it went out. This whole thing is, hey, stop building AI. Stop building AI for six months. And it's funny because I personally believe the people that all signed that and said, hey, could you please stop building for six months are the people that are doubling down in the back rooms and having their people work on it because they understand that we're at a really unique moment in time right now this is the whole disruption when things are disrupted and everything gets tossed in the air there's no more people you know google was at the top and had all the power all these all these people no longer have power that's why the governments hate social media they lose the power vietnam they didn't want you to live stream news because they didn't have the power right. they don't whenever 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 the people in power lose the power everybody freaks out and what happened right now is google and everybody else that were the knowledge hoarders lost the power and this is one of those moments that the people that figure out how to lean in right when people are fearful are being the ones that are going to thrive in this situation and that's what's going on right now with everybody so i mean my biggest encouragement for anybody is learn this adopt this get into this and recognize that there's there's a reason why all of these people are scared and it's because they're scared primarily of losing their power i think this is a good point for personal life in general to lean into the things that you fear uh, and mm. uh, rather than being in denial or putting one foot in and keeping one foot out, leaning into the things you fear. And I want to talk to you about your journey as a business person, an entrepreneur. Has that been yeah. your way of looking at things, leaning in, maybe not leaning into fear, but it seems to me leaning into things that you don't yet understand. You, you talked about leaping right into the food truck business without even mm -hmm. doing any research. That was sort of like a leap into faith or a leap into ignorance i don't know what that was probably a bit of both in that one uh yeah so yeah i look at things through um a lot of things i look through is through the lens of the hero's journey i'm very fascinated by you know joseph campbell the hero's oh, journey yeah. all, all that just and there's a thing you know it's called like entering the the belly of the whale and that's when there's no return when Pocino, P pinocchio gets eaten by the whale there's no way back i believe when you make that great leap 
it's terrifying, but then you also go through a chance of rebirth on the other end. And I've had many identity shifts, right? When I was, you know, before I was in the food business, I was in the hospitality business as an employee, whatever, I had left that to start my own entrepreneurship career with the food truck business. I left that and got into high technology, high technology, I jumped deep into AI. And these different leaps, I've had these identity shifts where I felt like a fraud in the beginning, but I just walked the path. And then at some point, I stopped and was like, oh, wow, yeah, I'm totally this guy. I'm totally this, this person, whatever that might be in these categories. And so for me, is I've, I've learned to walk the path and to take action and, and to more or less outwork your own self-doubt. Because when you put enough time. <laughs> Wait, bing, pause, outwork your own self-doubt. Liner notes, Tracy and my producer, that's wonderful. Who taught you that outwork that that trope outwork? Uh, that quote, I actually think I heard it from Alex Hermosi. I think I heard him I, on a podcast once say that. You got Hermosi on your podcast? No, 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 not on my podcast. I've had I've had a number of people on my podcast. I haven't had Hermosi on there. I, I think have I've heard his, him on another one. I have his book somewhere in my messy desk. Uh, when you said you felt like a fraud, but you moved forward anyway. How did you resolve that dichotomy between feeling like a fraud and moving ahead? That's not about outworking. Fraud and doubt are two different things. You said you well, felt like a fraud. How did that show up for you? Well, if, I, mean, I mean, each one of the identity shifts I had, right? So when I was an employee and then I got the food truck, what I, what I told myself when I first started that business is like, right now I feel super weird, but I know a year from now, I'm going to look back at this and laugh. And, and that was my, my thing. I knew all I needed to do is put in time and energy. And then I got enough reps under my belt to where at some point where it was just things that were very difficult right then. This was, I mean, decades ago, you know, it would, you know, I, my first event, I spent like 12 hours to make $200. And then by the end of that journey, um, which was decades ago, I'd spend 30 minutes to do like a $60,000 weekend. Right. And that was the, because I did the thinking and the planning and I just had my teams of employees just go and execute on that. Right. So at some point along there, I recognized that. And I jumped into high technology both virtual reality and artificial intelligence. Let's I talk didn't know about what... virtual. I'm sorry. We'll yeah. Keep going. I'll keep going. I'll I'll stick a pin in it. Keep going. I'm sorry. I disrupted. No, it's it. fine. No, it's fine. So uh, jumping into virtual reality. So I backed a, a project on Kickstarter uh, year decades ago uh, called Oculus. You know the Oculus headset. So I backed that on on Kickstarter, and I thought it was amazing. And I was like, wow, this is. And this was my intuition. I was like, wow, if I like this, and other people like this. Same way, like I like hamburgers. Oh, if, if I like this, other people like this. I felt the same way about VR technologies. So I jumped into that space and I didn't know what I was doing. So I started hosting hackathons. Uh, you know, a hackathon is a, is a weekend where you build things, right? And uh, because I was one of the first ones doing it decades ago, I, I started getting asked by universities to put it on because no one else was doing it. So I did it for the University of Irvine. I did it for USC. I did it for MIT. And along the ways I worked not only with VR, people started asking me to do things for AI as well. And so I started jumping into the AI space, but I had this thing of not knowing this technology back then, but just learning and growing with the community, right? And then at one point, you know, I, I, you know, I had to give enough presentations, enough talks, enough things. I would, I would reflect back and go, oh yeah, it seems like I do know this stuff, right? When I realized that my knowledge outpaced so many others along the way. So it, it just happens as you, as you go through these different phases and you walk the path. I think the the technical discussions we're having are actually, while they're interesting, it's this mindset that you have that 
the entrepreneurs and the salespeople and the business owners who watch this podcast. We also have people who are into mind control and brainwashing. And uh, I have seen, <laughs> I'm serious. I've had some scary guests on that topic. I think this is even more valuable that some of the, you're dropping bombs like it was Vietnam to use a, something <laughs> that might be triggering for some people. VR, yeah. let me talk to you about VR just for a second, because I remember trying sure. Oculus some years ago and it just gave me vertigo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It works well as ChatGPT. The combo is really good. It's really powerful. So talk about that a little bit more. Um, yeah, I mean, so um, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a one thing I'm doing with one of the clients um, is so one of my frames work that I've, I have is that we live in three realities. Uh, we live in the reality of my own internal mindset, like who I am, what I'm thinking, my internal beliefs, thoughts, feelings, introspectiveness. We live in a physical environment, the, the area around us, like what is in our, you know, right now you're sitting somewhere or standing somewhere and I'm at, you know, I'm at my house and so forth. And then the third reality we live in is we live in this social reality. Me and you are currently co-creating this experience, having this dialogue and this exchange, right? And so with those three realities, virtual reality, if you, it's, it's a lot better now, the technology is a lot better now. When you put it on, your brain gets tricked for technical reasons, the motion of photon is less than 10 milliseconds, i.e. when I have the headset on and I turn my head, everything moves in front of me. So the screen and everything moves in front of me. And if they're able to do it, if, if, they can, if the headset can recognize that my head is turning and it moves the image on screen fast enough, it feels you get what's known as a sense of presence. You are inside that physical environment, which is amazing and wonderful. And being inside of there is magical. And I focused a lot on multi-user VR because meeting people in a virtual world is magical because being in, being in an environment all by yourself is like being the God of an island that no one exists on. But being in VR with other people allows you to co-experience these realities. Now, now you bring in chat GPT, which is an intelligence, Right? And you have the ability to have conversations. You can make these virtual avatars inside of virtual reality that are chat GPT characters where you can have dialogues, you can have communications, you can have discussions with them. Right, So one of the things that I do is I build brand activations using these things so that you give chat GPT a body and a voice and a personality. That's what we want to do with uh, the virtual the virtual Ross Jeffries. Maybe at some point we'll reach out to you and sure. I don't know yeah. if we can fit uh, your fees into our budget. <laughs> yeah. You know, this yeah. is so amazing to me. This is, uh, I'm trying to think, there's a, a, my very, one of my very favorite science fiction writers, you're going to know the quote, Arthur C. Clarke said, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And, yeah. and I think ChatGPT and AI, generally speaking, has reached that point. It's sufficiently advanced that it is magic. And it's particularly magic to people. Uh, here's the story that was in the back of my mind. Yeah. So shortly before my mom died, she liked to, she loved to listen to music. She, mm -hmm. I remember in our home when I was a child, we had a big, big, huge honking piece of furniture that happened to have a turntable in it. My mom yeah. loved music. So I bought her an iPod. And so she was, I had her, I had her put in the ear, earphones 
earpieces and yeah. I started playing some music. And she said, wow, what radio station is this? I said, no, it's not a radio station. The music is here. She said, but how do they get the music in, in the thing? Where's the records? I said, no, the music is not a record. She said, well, where are the tapes? No, it's not a tape. It's digital. And she, my mother was a genius. I get my brains from my mom. She's one of the most intelligent people I've ever met, like the top two or three. But she, yeah. she just couldn't get it. The The whole concept was so outside her framework that as brilliant, absolutely brilliant as she was, she just couldn't grasp it. And I think, and, and I think there's just some people who are, are at this moment aren't grasping it and they're never going to grasp it because they're so stuck in their frame. Do you think that's true? There are people who are never going to get it. Yeah. I mean, so last year, um, you know, last year, um, uh, almost the exact time last year, you know, I gave my grandma her last kiss. She's no longer with us. She passed away and she never once went on the internet, never once went on the internet. Right. She went her entire life, birth to death, saw many wonderful things. God bless her soul. But she never once touched the Internet. And I think that much like people that, you know, pilgrims uh, landing on Plymouth Rock and people stopped along the way as they're traveling from the East Coast, to the West Coast. There's going to be points on people's journeys that people stop and say, you know what? Good enough. Texas, I'm here's here's the spot. And they plant the flag in the sand and that's where they're going to land. Right. It takes a certain amount of effort and energy to continue along that evolutionary cycle. Right. And so the question is, where do you want to be in this journey? Or do you move out of because a lot of times people move until things are just comfortable enough. Right. The crockpot method. Right. So they move until they're until their, 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 their pain goes away. They get comfortable and they get settled and things are good enough until everything's on fire. And then they move again, whether it's in the body and they're overweight and they're about to die, then they'll get in shape or their business has got $1 left and a ham sandwich. And then they get started. Right. And then there's other people that continue on this evolutionary path and they find a reason beyond that to keep going. Right. So the question for this is what type of person, right? Some people are going to only going to wait until the final door is closed and they get kicked out and there is no more Google and there's only ChatGPT and that is their only option, that's gonna happen. Then there's gonna be other people that heard about it on day two like me and you just jump into it and you completely emerge yourself. So it's just, it just depends on, you know, do, do you find the reason to be able to take action and go through that, that initial painful process, process of growth? And, or do you just wait until it's so bad you have to make the leap no matter what? Fabulous. I have to say, even though I didn't intend this to be an interview about psychology in general and human, this has been, honestly, I can say we've done a lot. We've gotten a hell of a lot of shows in the can and some really great guests, but this by far for me has been one of the most fascinating interviews I've ever done. And I know people who are listening and watching are doing so multiple times because you've, you've given so much value. People, I'm sure, want to stay in the conversation with you. And I do recommend if you're offering, I don't know if you're going to offer that three-day event again, but I recommend that people take How can people stay in the conversation with you? Um, yeah. Uh, if you go to uh, uh, ChatGPT for me, um, you Is can that sign the up. the number for or the word? Yeah, uh, the, uh, the word for, ChatGPT, F-O-R-Me.com. Uh, that's my podcast. I'm going to be overvamping it, but there's a, you can, you can sign up there to be a member, which I do a little, a free mini prompt course. And then in there, there's a link I'll be doing. 
I've condensed down because I've been asked by a bunch of masterminds to present the talk to you, um, to a, a bunch of different uh, masterminds. But they said, can you take the three days of everything you taught and can you condense that down into like 90 minutes? Yeah. I, and I was like, I was like, I was like, Whoo! I'm like, all right. So I, I, I just squeezed it down and rendered it down. Uh, so I believe April 19th will be the, the next one that we, that we have. So if you sign up to be a member at ChatGPT for me, um, you'll get, uh, you'll get some emails. There'll be a link there for you to sign up for that. And, uh, that will be, that'll be the, the next event I've got coming up. And, um, yeah, and that's, that's the, that's that main event. So, um, now, and, in, now, as we know, if you'll forgive me, yeah. podcasts live on the internet forever and you never know when this will be seen. So if people want to stay in touch and they don't, oh, just, yeah, give sure. us time. yeah, 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 yeah. So feel free to give me an email, um, Dylan, D-Y-L-A-N, at Reality Smash, like virtual reality, Hulk Smash.com. So Dylan at virtual reality. Uh, sorry, Dylan, Dylan at realitysmash.com. There you go. <laughs> All right, Dylan, uh, thank you so much. Honestly, from the heart, this yeah. has been one of the most amazing interviews. Stay on after this is sure. uh, officially because I want to chat with you for a minute. Folks, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on The Influencer. Bye. Bye. The Influencer's Edge is brought to you by the Invisible Influence Series. If you're ready to massively increase your sales by leveraging the power of subconscious persuasion, then make sure you text the word COMPEL to 411-321. That's COMPEL to 411-321. And if you're outside of the United States, then use WhatsApp and text the word COMPEL to 1-909-741-1321. Make sure you put in your best email address because that's how we'll deliver the goodies. Thank you for tuning in to the Influencer's Edge, where you get the latest breakthroughs, cutting-edge insights, tools, and techniques so you can leapfrog over the pack at sales, influence, and persuasion. Remember to visit our website at www.theinfluencersedge.com to enjoy even more great episodes like this one. We look forward to seeing you again on the Influencers Edge Show.